Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. Today, the interview that I have on with Sheila Baker is a little different than other interviews I've done in the past. In this interview, Sheila actually is interviewing me to talk about my lifestyle as a full-time nomad traveling in my truck as she starts to think about her own transition to living this way. We also talk about the struggles of starting a new business and getting that up and running while being a nomad and some of the tricks and tips that I've used more recently starting my own business as a nature-based insight coach. I hope you enjoy. Right, right. Well, Austin, I was there a week ago and I, I saw, I mean, I was actually off the interstate and yeah, Austin is a melting pot kind of place. Yeah. Where you get a lot of like hippies and stuff too. Right. So like, it's like, woo woo is okay. Yeah. Woo woo is okay. I kind of went for woo woo actually. And then, and then, and then I, I, I stopped for dinner and I got like more woo woo. I was like, wow, there's a place like this in Texas. Cool. That was really, that was really awesome. Um, but you know, you, I, I would go, actually, there were a lot of lo, a lot, there were locals there and I would go as a tourist, but I'm not going to like drive down to Austin for that. So, um, Dallas is more balanced and towards liberal and Fort Worth is, is more towards the conservative side in general. That's okay. just kind of their, their personalities. And it always has been because Fort Worth started around the stockyards. Yes. Okay. So yeah, back in the day, I mean, Fort Worth came first. Yeah. And it was all around the Cowboys. Right. And all of that. That's how it is here too. And I'm learning so much about how like the saloons came first. Right. Because it was mostly just men there at the beginning of like the creation of the town after they pushed out the natives, of course. Right. (laughs) Or made them work for them or whatever. Um, but it's very interesting going to things that are like the history of the area and how they portray the people, right? So I'm near Cody and Buffalo Bill is like a hero here. Right. And so it's interesting to see how everything's portrayed based on the perspective. Right. And what we have inherited, what we have what we have passed along and yes. inherited and, and inherited without questioning. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so yes. Yeah, so you wanted to talk about, so one of the fun, funny things is that the Dallas, Texas is one of the places I could get domicile. Okay. And so when we were talking, you were talking about like, how do you make this happen? Right. Of like right. one of the first things I looked at, like was the research of like, how do I, get my car registered and, and like that. If I sell my house and everything I own, I don't have a residence. And so part of that was looking into domicile, which I found on YouTube. YouTube is phenomenal for this stuff. Okay. And Texas, Florida, and South Dakota were the three states I could pick from. Oh, wow. And I, so I picked South Dakota because it's more central. And also I was hoping it would be, it's not as far over to the I don't know, actually, but it didn't feel like there weren't the things coming out of Texas and they were coming right. out of Texas and Florida at the time. And I was like, I'm going to do South Dakota because I have no desire to go to Texas or, or Florida. 
Um, Florida for sure is just out of the range of where I'm going to travel mostly to. Sure. Sure. So is this, um, is this, um, a long-term thing? Is this a lifetime thing or, or I mean, understanding that life unfolds as life unfolds, but what are you imagining right now? That's a great question. I don't know. And I've been asked that a lot recently. And I think it's something I'm supposed to dive into a little bit more to kind of process, but because everything about this trip is all about using my intuition and insight to guide me, uh-huh. I'm very much leaving it open. And it was funny because I was talking to my mom on the phone on Mother's Day and it was very much of like, where are you going next? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, no, but if you did know, <laughs> right, right, right. Where are you going? And I was like, I just don't know. I said, most likely. So this, where I am right now, I'm in a tiny house that I reserved okay. for a month. So I could work on my business and that kind of stuff. But um, so this was reserved and I know I'm going to be back East for part of the summer for some family stuff and Uh to to house it for a friend. But other than that, I don't really, my goal is probably to stay around this area for a little bit longer after this tiny house stuff is done. But Uh I don't know really whether it be, I, my plan is to once I'm done in August in New York with my family mm-hmm. is to come back out here, do some more things in Montana and then go South for the winter, like okay. the birds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like nature. Yeah. Right. Sure. So a lot of nomads go to Arizona for the winter. Sure. So that's my goal, but I don't know. There's a big part of me that wants to do the Pacific crest trail. Okay. So I'm like, do I do that next year? Like, that's my plan of like, okay, once I get stuff situated, do I want to then just jump on a trail for six months? Wow. It's like, this is the cool thing about this life. Like anything's up for grabs and you can get jobs. People are offering me jobs left and right right now. And you could do seasonal jobs. The tricky thing is I can't do any work. So I'm mostly focusing on my business anyway, but I can't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to take on a job because I know I have to be back in Rhode Island in New York and mass for the summer. And that's when they really need you is for this season, at least up here. Right. But there's options for when you're ready to take the plunge (laughs) if you need to. Well, see, and that's all really good to know. And it's part of the dilemma, you know, the dilemma that I've been wrestling with. Um, I mean, this is a real thing because my move out is a month from now. And yeah, I'm, I'm starting, I mean, I've already started selling furniture and stuff. I'm in the last days of finalizing paperwork and getting a court date to finalize the divorce. I know that I'm clapping, which is like, I I know. And and it's, and it's that kind of, it's scary, you know, and it's, and there's, there's still, there's still some vestiges to it. It, It's still bittersweet kind of. And I know that on the other side of it, it will be relief, but it's that responsibility thing. And, and the fact that at this point, I don't have a nest egg. I mean, my nest egg is really my vehicle and, and my vehicle has not turned out to be what it was presented to me to be. Okay. So 
And so I've discovered things that have decreased its value just as I've been doing work to it. All right. So in terms of, so I, I have people who I tell what I'm doing and they get so excited for me. And of course I have no idea at all. See, I'm so, this is part of what I want to talk to you about what you're doing with your business. How are you making that grow? Because I was married in a situation where I, I chose to live fairly simply and I gave, and I didn't have a, I agreed to give up my career path. Okay. Not understanding really what I was doing. And then, I mean, I did stuff. I, you know, I worked, I created my own little business on this. I did, it's not like I was just, you know, laying around eating bonbons, but I didn't pursue a career path. So here I am middle-aged facing another birthday, a very talented, intelligent, skilled, perhaps charismatic person. And I, and all I've done is I've taught singing lessons and I love that, but I don't really, it's not what I want the rest of my life to be about. Yeah. Right. So here's a question for you. What do you love about teaching the singing lessons? Yeah. So I have loved being the coach. Okay. Being the mentor, being, and, and what I love about it is actually the, the self-development life coach and spiritual, spiritual mentoring that goes along with the self-discovery and the empowerment that goes along with that. Right. And I love the creativity of it. Because just the, just the act of doing that as an art for somebody brings so much of their essence out. Right. Right. And so I think, so in terms of growing the business, mine is still in the very early stages like you. So it's very interesting. You're on a path that I was on back in like November, December, because that's when I was starting to sell everything and that beginning of selling stuff. Like I wasn't even thinking about moving out yet. I was just starting to get the, because part of it's living in the opportunity of this is going to happen. And so I started selling everything. And then all of a sudden it came into fruition that I was going to be able to sell my house. And, and so that helps is that I do have some finances from selling my house and selling my stuff but also knowing that there are opportunities all over the place to pick up little odd jobs. I do have to pay for my own health insurance. Um, and that is, that is a big expense because I'm in South Dakota. It's not as big if you domicile out of Florida. Um, but South Dakota has the best prices for car registration and things like that. But if you are thinking about like, this whole starting your business piece, part of it's like just figuring out what is that passion first? And what is that thing that you really want to do? And then start sprinkling that out and offering things around that, like for free, that like on social media and sharing a little bit about what you want to do and what you do. Right. And then for me, a lot of it, when I was traveling, this is where the tricky piece comes in is when you're on the road really trying to find that time where you can be connected to Wi-Fi. Yeah. 
And so that's why I, I hunkered down here for a month in the tiny house. Cause I was like, I need to really start like looking at what do I want it to look like? Right. And how do I want it to be? Because I also want to make sure I'm exploring the world. Right. And not being like, okay. But so when I went to Sedona, I was able to stay for free. The cool thing is you can find free camping everywhere. Okay. And I could stay for free on my truck, in my truck or in a tent, whatever I decided to sleep that, that night. And then I could drive into Sedona to go hiking, or I could drive to Cottonwood, which was my preferred little town outside of Sedona and go to Starbucks and do some work for some time. Um, here I found an amazing cup because I don't like working in my tiny house, even though I do occasionally, but I love coffee shop. So I found an, a cute, uh, like small kind of woo woo vibe to it too okay. here yeah. that I work in. Um, and that's part of it is just, I'm finding to make sure you bring something. I got rid of my business cards cause I was like, Oh, people don't use these anymore. But when you're travel, well, they were outdated as well. Yeah. 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 They didn't have the right information, but now that I'm traveling, everybody keeps asking me for my contact information and I'm like, oh, I need this. So definitely like think about that kind of thing of having something that you can hand out. Yeah. Um, that will be, but that it, it takes a long time to build it, but there are odd things you can do. Like there's a, I just learned about a new app where you can like go into grocery stores. I haven't tried it yet, so I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. Um, but you can go into different stores that carry products and then you get paid like five to 20 or $30 just to go in and like show pictures that there's what's stocked or pull things forward. So you don't have to have like a full-time position, but if you need like, like, I'm like, Oh, if I want coffee, that's like $10, $10 with like, uh, like coffee and a little like sandwich oh. or something I can go work. I could just go take pictures of those shelves over there, get $10 and make up for that. Sweet. So those are the little things, like <laughs> little tips and tricks that I'm still learning. Um, right. But being on social media platforms of people that do this has helped so much. Okay. Yeah. So are you on, there's a group called SUV. Oh, let me look it up for you because it is, um, and for anybody listening, because this, this is a right. podcast too. Right. That's this right. is a great group for women who want to do this. It's called SUV slash car living and camping women only. Okay. And it's a great group because it's a bunch of women that are asking questions that are very particular for us right. um, that really help. You can, I, I'm still very careful. I don't put where I am. Like, because I'm in a tiny house and there's like other people living nearby and there's people, I'm more comfortable saying I'm in Wyoming, but typically I won't share where I am at all until after I'm gone. Sure. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And being able to do a timeline and everything makes that work. Yes. So, so you, you started, how long have you been coaching? Because, because that's, is the. I imagine, I'm assuming that you're continuing to see that as a major part or a foundational part of what you're doing. How long have you been doing that before you got started doing good, this? Good question. Cause it wasn't established at all. Okay. Um, because I had switched, I had started out health coaching and I had had a few clients. I still have a few clients with that. 
Um, they're part of a group that they got like a lifetime membership. So it's not income that's coming in anymore. Um, but I still coach them and support them. And, but I've switched gears. So I went from being a health coach that focused on anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And now I'm a nature-based insight coach. So I'm kind of at this point and I was working full-time at that time. So I wasn't, I was working full-time and had my business that I was trying to work on. Um, so I wasn't really all in and now is when I'm going all in. So I'm creating it off of now that I have the time. And that's the coolest thing is balancing it and be like, oh, I can go for a hike in the morning. And I can work in the afternoon. Whereas before it was like, oh, I had to work all day. And if I wanted to get some work done on this business, I would have to do it in the evenings. But the flexibility you have, sometimes you can even like... And that's why it's always good to have a couple backups of things that you could do maybe even temporarily. Mm -hmm. You need to find some income because there's even state parks and stuff. I, I mean, I, I was offered a job at Bryce Canyon. They were so desperate for people. And I was like, oh, I can't. I'm on my way to the next stop. Um, Yellowstone's the same way. So there's a lot of things where you might, and some of the places actually offer like housing. So if you wanted to... Um, stay in a place where you're like, okay, I'm going to work only 20 hours a week right. for this free. Like I know somebody was mentioning they work 20 hours a week at Yellowstone and then they have the rest of the time to explore or work on their side business or things like that, which gets you out where you're in a space where you can hike and do all those things and be out in nature and tap into your intuition and, and drive into your purpose. But you also have some income coming in. So you're not as struggling of like, because I think the hardest thing to get a business off the ground is when you are so desperate for it to come off the ground. Mm. Right. Cause if you're living in desperateness, you're not desperateness. I don't know if that word is word. Yeah, I'll take if it. If you're living in that um, like desperate state, yeah. the energy is not good for it to come in. Yeah. The foundational energy is just, it's always going to be a little wonky. Yep. And that I, I identify with so much. I know that, um, I'm, that's a, that's a life and, and an attitude that I'm, I'm working at moving away from. And so I recognize it. I mean, both because I've lived it and because I don't want to live it anymore. And when it's that established, it's really difficult because you know what you don't want, but you, but it, and it's easy to focus on what you don't want instead of focusing on what you do want. Right. Right. That whole manifestation piece of this is, yes. and this whole job, this whole thing of me traveling was true manifestation. Like when I look at it from like, when I step back and look at it as like, how did it all come into fruition? Because I was living in the fact that it was coming true. And so one of the things I've been noticing is I've been saying a lot when my business takes off. And so I've been reframing that in my head of like, no, it's not when it takes off, it is taking off. Right. And it is happening. Right. So it's more like as it takes off. Yes. I mean, even which, which, yeah, I love that. Um, and I am so excited that we got together and that we got together like right now, 
the last few days, the last couple, the last 10 days have been, you know, they've been really tough because I had somebody important to me say to me, I really don't think you should, I still don't think you should do this. And I don't remember ever hearing that voice say, I don't think you should do this. I heard different things that I need, you know, and all of the, but I didn't ever hear. And when I heard that, it, it threw me, it threw me. Yeah. So why do you think, so I've, I definitely got those as well. Those questions of like the people that were like, most of the people were very much of so supportive. Uh-huh. And so like, that's the coolest thing ever. I wish I could do it or, oh, what I'm so envious of you being able to do that. But why do you think that person had that reaction? I think honestly, it's because they've also kind of been my confidant along the way. And I've been sharing it's because uh, along with the external stuff, see, I've been working on the internal stuff. And part of that internal stuff is, it's not like spilling my guts to every every person I meet, but it is, it's about being more intentional, about being more transparent and vulnerable yeah. with, with building relationships. And so I've been, I've been trying to do that because it's an, it's an important relationship. And this is, this is a person, this is a man who has also been, he has invested in my RV with and for me. So he has been, even though he hasn't felt fully competent himself, he has certainly far more competence than myself. Right. And so he's been helped. So I feel like this isn't just somebody. And it's not just somebody in my life. It's somebody who has seen and he knows the vehicle and he has a sense of what isn't being done to it that he would do if it was his and there were unlimited resources. Yeah. And there's just all of these, there's, it's all of the unknown, Heather. And he knows not only the mechanicals and the stuff about the, the RV and he has concerns that I don't have the skills that I would need if I have problems with it. Right. And he also has a sense, he hasn't asked me details, but he has a sense of what he thinks I'm doing. And he has a sense of what he thinks the finances look like. And he sees I have to make changes. Yeah. And the practical, logical, normal thing would be to put the dream on the back burner, do the, do the common responsible thing and get a job <laughs> and right. get a job and create some stability for myself yeah. because I have, and I have confessed that I, that's important to me. Right. And he doesn't realize actually this beautiful gift that has been given to me, yeah. but I have to, I have to be further away from the city than I would like to be. But I actually have been gifted the chance to live on an eight acre permaculture farm an hour and 10 minutes from downtown Dallas Wow! for as long as it feels like the right place for me to be. Yeah. So you have some of my time and a little bit of money for electricity. Yeah. And so you have 
some stability in where you're going next. And a lot of times I find the people that, that struggle with me doing this, they have their own feelings of just needing stability or really caring about you and worrying about you. But typically it's their own inner fear that's coming up. Like, wait, what do you mean? Even though it's coming from love, it's like, whoa, how could you do this? Because I mean, my lifestyle is, and there's days where I'm like, I just don't know. I mean, actually most days I'm in my truck. I don't know where I'm going to sleep at night. I have an idea based on the app where I'm going. And, but if I get there and it feels uncomfortable, I leave and then it's finding the next spot. And it's the, so there is a lot of unknowns when you're living that kind of lifestyle, but that's almost the beauty in it as well is that, and, and you can't, this is what I've been sharing a lot with people recently is you can't wait until it's the right time. Cause it might never be the right time. Right. And right. you have something set up where you're going to be able to be in a space right. and know that mm. if it feels right for you, only you can say that. Right. And that's the tricky thing is part of what happens too is Again, this is a little woo because I love woo and you love woo, but the university, the university, the universe is, it could be a university because it's about teaching you lessons, right? The universe is going to be throwing things at you to say, like, are you really sure? Um, And it wasn't until, so I went through a divorce in 2008 and that was really my turning point to finding myself Mm -hmm. and I had to do it by myself. Like- I left and went to South Korea for a year and I was still tied back home quite a bit, but I started driving more. Like even before I went to South Korea, I was like, I'm going to drive into San Francisco. I've never driven into that city before. I'm going to drive back home East with, and I want to do all the driving. Like it's those things that empower you to make you feel like, okay, now I could do that next thing. And you can always come back and get a job. There's jobs everywhere. Yeah. You know, and, and even that is something that that is an obstacle kind of for me to overcome because I haven't been doing that for such a long time. So so valuing myself and understanding that I do have a value and and a um, and a anyway that it wouldn't be hard, right? Because I just I look at my own resume and I'm like, wow. That looks, I don't know what that looks like, but anyway, so that's one of my things to overcome, but, um, I wanted to, there was something else that you said. So I I have a question and and I, I don't remember the other things, but one of my concerns about a nomadic lifestyle for me and trying to run my own business is developing a business that's going to work for me when I don't have the structure, because I do find as much as I love spontaneity and I love, I love that freedom you're talking about. It can really mess with my capacity to, to produce anything. So how do you handle that? How does that work for you? I think we're very similar in this way because I had a very, like, I'll get into this whole, like, realm of, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm going to go hike every day and I'm going to explore all day. And I've really come to, 
kind of schedule in, this is when I'm going to work. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I know I'm going to be heading closer to a town and I'll have Wi-Fi, like really saying to myself, okay, I am going to play for this much time in the morning. And then we go to the coffee shop. I'm not working as much as like a 40 hour work day, but let's, let's be honest is nobody worked 40 hours in a 40 hour work week. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I remember doing that, but then I also, yes. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, you're there for 40 hours, but you might be talking to a coworker or you might be. Right. And so, and I was also, it always felt like I was super productive when I did sit down and work and when it was the prime time for me to work, Uh not the prime time for other people, like what the world told me I should work. So I would, and then like today was a perfect, so I actually use the weather too. So like today I knew the weather was going to be really not so nice. And so I scheduled a bunch of different things and I focused on social media and doing all that kind of stuff to do today, knowing that on Monday it's going to be beautiful and I'm going to want to explore a little bit. So I'll probably, I'm going to do some work also on Sunday when it's not so nice Right. And like, if I play on Fridays, maybe I'll work on a Saturday while I'm doing my laundry at the laundromat. And like, so really it's, for me, it's come down to making sure I schedule it, but also finding a cool place that I want to work. Because if I'm in a coffee shop, I work so much better than if I'm just out like even here it's like I get distracted by oh I could watch a movie or oh I go check out the llamas because I'm on a llama dude ranch or something like that cool it's so cool um they're kind of not so nice creatures because they used to be wild llamas so and they spit so you kind of just stay back yeah okay (laughs) um but yeah I think a lot of it's the environment you put yourself in and the actual making the first month I did nothing (laughs) okay except for when I was like oh my gosh I have to do this and part part of it is making kind of a I struggle with this because I have things scheduled like every Friday I do nature oracle card pulls on Instagram yeah and I struggled a little bit at the beginning or a lot of it at the beginning because I was like well the time is different now because I'm not on the east coast and oh I'm not going to get up at 5 a.m to do it for them like at Uh 8 a.m yeah 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 And so I wasn't as consistent, but I'm starting to get into more consistency. And also I'm deciding what days I want to work. So I would much rather work on Saturday and Sunday when everybody else is at Yellowstone. Right. Yes. Right. And so you can kind of flex it a little bit of like, this is when I want to work. But what I'm finding is mostly what I'll do is take little chunks of time and that this is when I'm going to work. And then be like, it's also my time to explore and how can I work some of what I do for work? I mean, I'm a nature-based insight coach. So if I'm in Yellowstone, it's like, oh, well, I'm working anyway, right. <laughs> taking pictures. And like, so a lot of times I'll think about, but even in the work you're talking about, spiritual coaching and stuff, if you're out in nature, you could be taking pictures of things like where you're sitting and like doing a sit spot or meditation or things like that, where you're grabbing stuff for your marketing later. Absolutely. I I actually had a breakthrough in this whole dilemma thing that I've been all of this when I was so distraught as I woke up yesterday morning. I mean, and, and I, I 
had several conversations through the course of the day and a couple girlfriends and I got together my advisors because I actually have I've put together a, a mini advisor board because I have realized that I need I need more social support and structure. Yeah. So I've got my I've got my my people and we meet every couple weeks and um but I got myself out of the house and I went on a hike, which I haven't done for a couple months. Now, a couple weeks ago, we were camping for two weeks. And so we did some walks, but we haven't been out to the forest preserve to hike. And I got there, got the dogs out and went, you know, I mean, a hundred yards down the path. And all of a sudden I realize that this is the thing that this person who said this thing to me doesn't doesn't calculate yeah into the logic which is this is good for me yeah this environment is priceless for my well-being mm -hmm. and that you cannot put into a calculation of what's it going to cost you to do this thing that doesn't bring in a specific income. Right. Yeah. Because that, and I love that about, you know, the inspiration and, and that's what I I'm hoping for. I'm actually starting to dream about what this could be because one of the things that when I was first there, the, the woman said is I made this place my sanctuary. See, and that is a key word for this heart sitting right here. Yeah. And when she said that, that started the flow of, okay, she thinks of this place that way. That means, you know, and I put some other things together. And before I said my final, yes, I'm coming. I just want to be sure because I'm imagining inviting people out and doing retreats and such here. Yeah. And are you really open to inviting people into your space? And so, I mean, that, that's what I, I love that idea. And now it's the making it happen. It's the being in the environment, making it happen. And ultimately, and I love what you said earlier, because it has to be about the joy of the process. It has to be because I'm doing what I love and I love what I'm doing and other people are, are drawn to that. And I, I do, I totally believe in that. And that's part of why I'm so excited about, about you and your nature immersion and, and all of that. And, um, you may have to just come down to Texas and we can do a little event out there together. That'd be um, great. And to finding ways to create the income stream from the work so that it is not only self-sustaining, but it's, but it's life generating more than just energetically, you know, but also financially. And what I'm realizing is not just for me, right? I, I, I desire for my mind to expand my thinking so that I start thinking beyond just my own welfare beyond my own financial welfare, but how can I create something that inspires people so much that we create more jobs, right? You know, and, and of course, looking for healing in those lives as well, where these, where everyone begins to generate more creativity. Yeah. More resources that, 
that's in my gut. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it. My guts are getting stirred up here just talking about yeah. it. And I'm so excited. So I don't even remember. There ought to be a question in there. but No, it's okay. Because when you start talking about it, you lit up, right? <laughs> and it's like, that's that's the key, right? It's like when you light up when you're talking about something or you feel like for me, I get goosebumps when I know it's the right thing that I'm about sharing. And that whole being lit up that the money will come. Right. It's like I watched I watched the uh if you build it, they will come, whatever that movie is. The the fields, the yeah, feel the dream. Yeah, yeah. I watched that the other day and I was just like, yeah, it's so true that when you build the right thing for you, mm. it will come. And it's part mm. of me is like I would love to be, I, I want to do these things that are in person. And, but I haven't gotten to a point where I'm ready to dive into that until after I feel like this trip back home that I have to take, or I get to take yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the summer to see family and, and friends and things like that. That's going to be almost my turning point of like, once I do that, I, everything I've had scheduled is already, it will be done. And then I can come back out here and really start doing some of that stuff that you're talking about, like maybe going and visiting you and doing a, an event with you and, and going to different places and being able to bring what I love and what I want to share with the world out to it. And because I keep feeling like I have this thing that's coming up that I'm super excited about, like, I can't wait to get together with my family and things like that. But because it's like, lingering over me that, that I have this thing. I, I feel like I can't get into anything big because mm -hmm. it's a month away where I'm heading back that way. But when you light up, when you're talking about what you're talking about, like that, what your dream is, I can totally see how it connects with what I'm, what I feel when I'm like ready and like, okay, I want to create this. Like, I love giving talks. I love teaching and, and doing like, trainings and things like that. And I picture myself on a stage, not in an egotistical way, but I picture myself on a stage being able to give to others the, mm -hmm. what's possible for them. But it, and I'm like trying to figure out what is that? And that's where nature comes in for me, because when I'm out there, that's where the insight comes in. Like you were saying, where you went out for your walk and it's like, oh, aha. And that's why I love what I do, right? Being a nature-based insight coach, that's what it's all about. But I can't wait to do that for others. <laughs> I'm so excited. So so tell me, please, a, a nature-based, did I say, I'm, am I putting it together? A nature-based insight coach. Yes. Now, is this something that existed prior to Heather or you, you're creating this? All right, yep. so I'm already in awe. I'm already in awe because I, I am, I endeavor, I, I am embodying the courage and, and the confidence to be able to do that, to create my own, my own niche, my own name, my own title. So how did you come about and what does it mean? What do you, what so, are you doing? Great question. So I was working with a coach and before that I was a holistic health coach with a background in mindful outdoor guiding, because I had like certifications from both those kind of things and I had a degree okay. in nutrition. And, and so I was like, but I'm like, I really want to, there was a lot of pieces of like, no, I'm still not on the right path. I don't want to work with people just around losing weight. I want what they do to heal 
causes that if that's their what they want their outcome to be but i don't want to be about oh eat this don't eat that like all the time and i i've always loved nature and i've always climbed trees hugged trees smell the flowers, watch the bugs, right? Done all that yes. kind of stuff, right? And so yes. I was working with her and I was like, I think I need to niche down more. And she's like, I'm all for you niching down. And so I said, I'm thinking this. And she's, and so we kind of came up with like the words together. And what it is, is using spirituality and nature to tap into that intuition and the guidance from the universe, really, but really from themselves. Right. And so I also do Oracle card readings, which kind of don't a hundred percent come from nature based, except for all my Oracle decks are typically nature based. Like I have a couple shaman decks and like things that most of them are like about, like they have nature themes within them. Um, and I'll do like a nature Oracle card reading every Friday morning where I bring them outside and actually read. Um, so that's kind of what it is, is this idea of using nature to tap into your right path and your right direction mm -hmm. when you're feeling lost mm -hmm. uh, and really listen to that's why. So I have a group for my travels and it's all about it's called insightful journeys or something. It's like, but it's it's pretty much what I do. Everything I do is in the morning I wake up and I'm like, what do I want to do today? I might have an idea the day before, but it's more about like, what do I want to do? Especially if it's like, if it's a nice day, other days I, I'm like scheduled to go to the coffee shop or things like that. But if it's a nice day, I'm like, do I want to go right? Do I want to go left? <laughs> and that is so mind blowing, like in terms of what we have all nearly all of us have been taught to do right. and to imagine. Okay. So, so there's that, there's that aspect because that's just mind blowing. And again, you're, you're my inspiration because, because this is, this is my dilemma, you know, and I have lived this dilemma. I have fought this dilemma with myself my whole life because I didn't agree with the value system that I was being force fed, but I, I, the fact that I was fighting against it meant that it, it was controlling me. Yes. Does that mean, I mean, so I've been, you know, I've been the quote unquote, the typical starving artist, you know, I've got my master's in vocal performance. I've done, I've done that. And then I didn't have the courage or the, the, the strength, whatever, to go out and, you know, go to New York and be the, so I just was a starving artist wherever I was anyway. And, and, and so that, I mean that, and I shouldn't, I, it's not that I want to reiterate that, but it's this thing of, I haven't done the normal thing and I've been glad about that. And the cost has been high. Yeah. And neither have I, I ha it, it's what you said was all in. I haven't really been all in one or the other. Yep. Right. And so I'm scared so much <laughs> and it comes I, through in dreams and everything else right i am feel i am feeling like this is the this is the push this thing that i'm these these next couple years and and what where i'm at right now is this is the push it's all in so i guess the I question i have for it. you is what's the worst case so this is what i asked myself when i was uh -huh. like deciding to do this because i was quitting my full-time job 
leaving yeah. early childhood education, which I had done for over 20 years. And yeah. I was like, I'm going, like I said, go, like you said, going all in my worst case scenario was it doesn't work. And I go back home and I have to find a place to right. live and find a job. So what's your worst case, which would be a pretty bad scenario for me right now, if I don't choose it. But right, right. that was my question to myself is what is the worst case scenario? Right. The worst case scenario wasn't that bad. Yeah. So, it, but it doesn't mean I'm not scared at times, <laughs> but that's like the biggest thing is like when people questioned it, I was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? A lot of them were worried about the, like the safety and the blah, 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 blah. Okay. Blah, blah. okay. Are you okay. carrying yeah. protection? But like what, what right. happens? I'm like, well, if I'm really scared about being safe to that degree where I'm thinking about, I need to have a weapon to protect me, mm. pepper spray. I did, I got some things to protect me just for my family and friends who were like, we know you need to. Um, right. And I like, I have knives cause I love to forge. So I have okay. stuff on me and stuff like that. Cool. But, but it wasn't like, for me having a knife on me was because I like to forge and I'm out in the woods and I need to things like I can, I can create stuff out of that if I need to. It wasn't about me protecting myself in that way, because if I feel like I'm living in fear right. of everything that could happen, I'm not going to enjoy it. But I am very particular. If I don't feel safe, I leave. And I think that's the difference is a lot of times it feels like you're deeply connected to what you're to your inner intuition and all of that. So it really helps where a lot of people aren't. So they get, well, what if I'm not safe? I mean, I've left a couple campgrounds. Yeah. Um, and so I think the fear is real in that it's, it's the, it's there, but is it, is it the society pushing that on you? Is right. that something right. else deeper than just what's the worst case scenario? I mean, right now, the last thing you want to do is find a place to rent or buy. It's expensive right now. Well, so it is. And, and what I'm hearing is that it's not likely to change. And so that and that part is a little bit scary because it's like I'm already uh, because of life choices I've made. I don't have a nest egg. I don't have a way to buy. Yeah. And and so I, I I'm not in a position to right now. And yet if I don't, which I can't anyway, so there's all of that. But I, I, I want to go back to what you said about intuition. And, and how that plays into this, because I've been on the journey to reclaim my intuition. Yes. To reclaim my inner voice, my inner child, and my trust in myself. And it's a journey. Yes. It's, it's a journey. And that's part of why I've been struggling is because I, I, it has been really difficult. This difference between my head and my gut. Yeah. Right. And if, if, if you know, if you've heard anything about human design, you know, so yeah. I, I've got, I've got a defined Ajna head and throat center. So I've got all of those are together. And then I've got a defined sacral spleen and, and um, not my solar plexus um, uh, so, uh, root. So I've got this big gap and I've got these two really strong centers and they are at odds with each other 
<laughs> because and and the logic is what our society is built on yes and driven by and values it's what we trust yes and it's so funny you say that because i was just interviewing somebody um for the podcast and we were talking about doshas and like then we were i brought up the chakra system and how it aligns with the doshas of ayurveda and how i'm very my root chakra is pretty strong which is mm -hmm. kind of funny because i move like crazy and my and even before i sold my house and moved in like i had only lived in that house for less less than two years so i'm also in the place where i can't actually make a lot of money this year because of taxes um capital gains so i have to be careful um and i've moved 12 times in 12 years before that so wow um ever since the divorce because i was always trying to figure but my root chakra is pretty strong and i do a lot of grounding work around that and my third eye and up above is really strong because i do a lot of that work and wow. occasionally i'll do some work on the inner inner ones but because it, it's very funny because other people, like you said, society would not say I'm very grounded because I move so yes. much. But the other day I was, where was I? What was it what was happening where I was sitting there and I was thinking about the fact that people have been asking me a lot, like, are you lonely and all of that kind of stuff? Like, where is your, and a lot of people ask me where my home is. And I was, oh, that's what I was doing. I was taking a training online through Kripalu in Massachusetts. Okay. It's like a yoga, like retreat center. And they had an online class and I, Cheryl Strayed was doing it. It was on writing. And I had taken um, a training with her and Elizabeth Gilbert at one point in California on writing as well. And we, we had to write at this one point and I wrote, somehow I got on this stretch of like, people have been asking me where my home is. And I, I, and like, it's really complicated to answer because I lived in New Hampshire for two and a half years and that's where I left from. I lived in Rhode Island the longest about amount of my time, but it doesn't feel like it's not like when I say I'm going home, I will say Rhode Island typically lived in Massachusetts, lived in California, lived in South Korea. But then I realized I'm so grounded because my home is not like where I come from is not an actual place. It's a state of being based off of all my experiences. Mm. And that does not align with society. Mm. And that might be like part of like kind of what you're saying where you have these strong pieces, but yet like people don't understand some of the th choices you're making or feel, or you might internally be battling of like, this isn't right. Like I had to get over right. the fact that I was like, there's something wrong with me because I move so much. And <laughs> Mm. It's just like, what's wrong with me that I can't like be happy mm. in one space. And then I realized, well, there's people that trap. I wasn't traveling and taking trips every year. I was yeah. just moving every year. Well, there you go. <laughs> Which is a totally different perspective, but it's almost the same type of thing. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Hey. And so uh, some of my thoughts on this subject on this general subject have been the difference because we, we think about strength and we, we tend to think that stability equ equates strength or power right but and so my insight or my thought on this that's been helpful to me 
is to remind myself of this idea that rigidity breaks, but resiliency overcomes. Oh, ooh. And I just put it in those words. I know, right? I'm sorry, I gotta write that down. Yeah, I think me too. And Overcomes. this comes. And what's what breaks? Rig rigidity breaks and resiliency overcomes. Right. And that and that's very interesting too, because I think a lot of people now are struggling with the res resiliency. Agreed. Um, because they haven't had the opportunity of failing or or what I guess society says is failing, right? It's Hello, and it's definitions. It's the definitions and right. the values. Right. Like I always share with clients all the time of like, you're not failing until you give up and you never want to try again. But also if you, if you feel like you failed because you wanted to try something different, that's not failing. You're learned, you're learned through that lesson of not it not working out and then you decide to go another route you didn't fail failing is like all of a sudden you're just like i'm not leaving the house i'm just gonna lay here and and just never do anything again but even like it's like it's i don't know there's not much there's a whole idea of failure it's it doesn't even really exist right Except unless you yeah. unless you give up on yourself and yeah. finding your your like if you just literally just give up on finding your truth right well and don't you think that doesn't seem like that's because we're looking for the external definition or the external validation yeah. of what success is as opposed to what you just said which is success is being in integrity with who we're created to be right which is not the same as what we're talking. I mean, the question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's not even who do you want to be or, you know, it's, it's, you know, it might be, what do you want to do, which is even worse, but, and, or what do you want to have, but who, what kind of character do you want to, what kinds of things, what kinds of things do you want to create with your life? Right. Yeah. What kind of person are you? What kind of person do you want to be? And for that to be the standard instead of this, this other stuff, which just cripples us all. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to know, like a lot of times I'll share, like, look back at what brought you joy when you were a child. Yes. You don't remember the really true essence of who you were as a child before anything came in, especially if you came from a traumatic experience, um, depending on kind of what you, what your hand was dealt as a child, right? Mm -hmm. It's can be so tricky really diving in because typically if you can, if you can get back there, you can find out more of your purpose and where you're supposed to go. Because I mean, I don't, I, it's just so amazing to watch kids in that way it, when they're first, I mean, even infants are looking at and seeing things that we probably, we don't, we, don't think we see but now with the work i've been doing it's like oh i know they see something there's a question that that's something that they see it's just not accepted yeah because they haven't learned that it doesn't exist exactly they, they haven't learned that you can't actually see that yeah which is just malarkey yep 
I think there is, I feel like I'm, there's a piece of me that feels like there's something in your work that could really bring in more, some of that music piece though. Have mm. you done any sound healing? I've participated. What'd you I think about it? Um, not saying that would be what you do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have enjoyed it. I, I enjoy the process. I'm coming to the place where I'm more, more relaxed mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally so that I can be more, um, uh, res uh responsive. And since you brought it up, I'm going to just toss this thing out there because because I have wondered, because I have been doing yoga for a little over two and a half years now. And we do, and I do Kundalini yoga. So it's kind of an amalgam and we do, we do some chanting and this type of thing. And so, and years ago, as I was practicing singing, I was doing my warmups and I was sitting in my chair and I was practicing my vowels. And then I took this idea to my, my pedagogy voice instructor and I said, I've noticed that when I sing my vowels pure, when I use pure vowels, I can feel it. It lines up in my spine. I can feel the resonance in my body through my entire spine and all of this. And so now I have this additional reference. And I'm like, I don't hear us, meaning the yoga world. I don't hear us talking about this aspect of the voice, of the power of the way we form th the things that singers learn, that classically trained singers learn how to do. We, we learn how to pay attention to, because we pay attention to the formants, we pay attention to the clarity of the vowels, blah, 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 but we don't pay attention to the rest of our body. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, and other folks are paying attention to the rest of the body, but they're not paying attention to this. And I'm like, I have wondered, I have yeah. wondered right when you there's said a thing there at one point when you said that, so I, I don't know if it was on this call or the call right before I was sharing that I get goosebumps. You, yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. You shared that a little right. Bit earlier. When you said that I got the goosebumps again, of like, seriously. Is, yeah. So I think it's something for you to look into of just something that might be interesting. Right. When you're talking about niching in, right. Like the idea of using that combination of spirituality and singing right and or yoga and say like whatever that is right. of like because one of my one of the most powerful yoga sessions i've ever done is called dance yoga and i did it in right. kripalu and they had live drummers and when i say like i i'm not somebody who will dance comfortably in front of other people without being like uh -huh. thinking about what they're thinking um even though they're not thinking about that because they don't care about me at all um when it comes right down to it that's that's how we function but right right something about the drumming and the music transported me completely to another state where i was just dancing and it was like there were people around me and i was interacting and like smiling at them and we were there was connection there but there was nothing about my ego there and the same thing happened when i did like a sound bath where they were, I just, I, I, I need to get back to something like this because there was something about those bowls that when they resonated with me, yep. I felt like so relaxed and so in another state 
that when they stopped and I got back up, I was just like, whoa, like I'm so relaxed and comfortable. And I was able to like completely. So there's something to this idea. I look at sound very similar to nature. Like I feel like they're inter they're right there intertwined. A lot of the sounds come from nature. Um, and so when, so I, that's something that resonates so deeply with me. And so I could see that it would, I know it resonates with a whole bunch of other people. So, and the fact that it lit you up enough to say, Ooh, I wonder something to look into doesn't mean that's what you have to do, but right. I would, I would dive into it a little bit. I appreciate having, and I'm building this community of people that would encourage me to do that. Yeah. You know, that, that would see that and, and see the potential in that and, um, and to say this. So, so thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I'm here for you. <laughs> I don't know where I am, but I'm here. <laughs> right. Wherever you, wherever I am today, I'm here for you. And isn't that a, a beautiful, miraculous thing about the internet? Yeah, right? to let us to be able to do these things, right? Yeah, and there's so much. Oh, so I don't know why it's completely channeling. Because I'm like, wow, you could do recordings, you could do all these things around music, like music and spirituality. And okay, that's <laughs> sounds like sounds like we need to get together again for a brainstorming session. <laughs> a brainstorming something. session for you. Oh, for both of us, really. I mean, it's yeah. it really is right. It's very much empowering for anybody that's in the space. So, right. I yeah. love it. I do. And I have, I have thought those things and I've been intimidated by it quite honestly. And I'm not, I guess I'm not really sure why. And that's interesting. So, yeah. So when I am intimidated, I'm not saying this is you at all, but a lot of times when I feel most intimidated about my business, it's almost like I'm nervous about the success that could come. Mm. And I don't even know how to explain it. It's not like a, Ooh, look at me. I, I succeeded. It's more of like, it's more of like an imposter syndrome thing of is, is this really the right path? And am I going to be able to give the people what they need and want? And yeah, you building in everything I keep hearing and I keep hearing and at some point it's going to like get to me is that the people that need and want what you provide will come to you because they're drawn to you for that purpose and not to make it be, and I'm saying this out loud because I need to hear it too, <laughs> not to make it be the business that you think the other people want, yes. but the business you want, yes. and then the people yes. will come because it's, you're more authentic and more you in that space. I feel that. And I'm so glad that you just went ahead and just said it out because I don't think we can hear that too much. Yeah. I think just that reinforcement because it's on all sides. Right. And again, it's so contradictory. It's so contrary to what we have been told. We've been trained to believe all of our lives. And if we've got time that actually leads me back to and reminds me of that thing sure. that way back when I, I yeah. had this thought. I just have to be off by like 445. But other than that, I'm good. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry. My time 445. Your time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
So 15 so, minutes or so. <laughs> so it's this thing about, about law of attraction. Yep. And the art of surrender. So it's about this thing about setting goals, telling the universe what I want, you know, given my, given my laundry list or whatever, and doing that, however, you know, establishing that, putting, putting my, getting myself into the, into the state of, of embodying that or simply just surrendering as yeah. you're doing in the moment and just following and trusting that if I follow moment by moment, what the universe brings me, that I am being led on the path, which is to my highest good. And I've, I felt today that it's this thing, it's this difference between what we think we want and what we think is the best for us and what we actually like decided we wanted to create before we came. Yeah. Kind of and I think and I'd love a, to get your feedback. Yeah. I think it's a balance between surrendering and preparing, okay. I guess you could yeah. say, um, because you're doing the preparing a little bit by selling your furniture and stuff like that, but you're also surrendering to, okay. And you're preparing by finding a place where you're going to land first. Right. And so that's kind of the same with me. Like I, I plan by selling my house, getting rid of stuff. And my preparing was like also thinking about, I'm going to land at in Rhode Island first with my family and then we'll kind of go from there as like a, kind of a spot where it's like, okay, I, I still feel a little bit grounded and then going, but I also surrendered to the, for the longest time I kept saying, this will happen when my business takes off. This will happen when my business takes off. I surrendered to maybe this can happen a different way. Mm -hmm. And it happened because I was able to sell my house that helped me pay off debt that I had so I could start fresh with a, like a little bit better of a, of an idea of what was happening. And I had a little bit of a, okay, I can have, I have a little bit of spending money if needed. Right. And so I think it's a mixture of surrendering and then taking the messages that come to you to create I don't want to say a plan because I don't, I don't love the word plan. I, I think I actually recently bought a sticker saying that you don't always have to have a plan or something like that. Yeah. Um, but surrendering to let those messages come in and then using those messages to help shape the work that you're going to do till that next message comes in. So always allowing and being open to that stuff coming mm -hmm. and being flexible enough to switch course. Mm hmm but allowing yourself and questioning, is this a challenge that's being put to me to see if it's really where I want to be going? And they're just pushing a little bit like your friend coming in and saying, Oh, but I'm not quite sure. Right. And like being able to, it's a lot of reflection work, right. Of like, what's me questioning what's happening. What's me, my, what is my ego? What is my actual journey? I'm supposed to be on. What are some lessons that are coming in that are like, are you really going to go that way? <laughs> and like also seeing what are those things that are coming in saying it's the wrong decision because those are coming too, if it's right. Yeah. So really feeling out at your core, what feels right, but being able to surrender to allow things to come in 
but not surrendering. For me, it's not surrendering to the point where you're just like, I'm just going to lay here and my life, (laughs) however it's going to go. But really, you're just going to end up laying there because free will is not going (laughs) to get you. It's like that question. There's a thing that said like, it was like some kind of prayer to God about, and I'm I'm not like a religious type, but I remember hearing about it of like, Oh God, please save me. Oh, because it's somebody like I think is drowning, right? Yes, 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 right? yes. Right. It's like, please save yeah. me. And he sends a and then a boat comes in and he refuses the boat. And he's like, I'm waiting for God to answer me. And then he said he, a few things, right? And then he drowns. And right. He's like, Why didn't you save me? He's like, I sent you three boats, right? <laughs> or three ways to survive. Right. And so I think it's that whole idea of like looking for those messages that are saying, Whoa, hold on. Or, oh, I'm here, like the universe is here saving you and protecting you and making things good. But at the same time, you have to figure out how you're going to face those and what meant, what perspective and what tools you have to kind of learn those lessons and also move forward. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a mix. That was a long answer to like, I think it's a mix between, I think it's a balance between surrender, but also like. Yeah. Like plant, not planning, but preparing for. Yeah. Because you have to move forward. Right. But you can surrender to what's going to happen next when you get to that next spot. I think the the, the thing that comes back to the idea of resiliency. Yeah. And not being too rigid in what we think it ought to look like. Right. Not being so, so set in our thinking that we can't see the thing. Because I would still be sitting on a couch in in New Hampshire if I was rigid about how it was going to happen. Yeah. Versus being like, okay, I have enough resiliency to know that I can get back up if I fall or move forward. I just, yeah, I have so appreciated your story and that you've moved 12 times in the last 12 years. And, you know, that was my story once upon a time as a teenager. And I have, I have appreciated my life being not that for a while. And I have been resisting allowing it to potentially become that again. And that is my comfort zone speaking and my ego speaking. And like, even today talking about the test and what the universe brings. So even today I got the email, the, the perfunctory email from the, the property management company, your lease is coming to an end. Are you going to renew or not? Let us know within a week. And I'm like, I had already in my mind for the last year, I've been saying, this is the last year that I'm going to be here. And so to have that like invitation come and the question of, do you, you, you still have a chance to make it happen. Do you want to go the, the old way? Or are, do you really want to go the new way? And yeah. it was, it is, it's, there's still a part of me that's tempted to try to figure out how to find a roommate with enough, you know, and to put, pull it together. And then I'm like, but those are the very things that I've said. I don't, want to do and yeah. which and then begs the question and why right who you know what part of me is speaking to which part of me is being stubborn yeah you know which part of me is 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 being determined yep so i just love this 
so cool. Well, I think we could talk forever. I have a training I have I think to do we in good. like 15 minutes. So yeah. we'll we gotta let you go. But I think we should do this again <laughs> if you want to. We'd love to. Point. Um, and I think oh, this yeah. is like the most amazing episode for a podcast. I just have to say this whole conversation was amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Beautiful awesome. friend. I am so glad we finally like connected. Me too. This was so wonderful. And it was, it was like everything and more. Yeah. I can't wait for your sound. Sound. Uh, okay. Yeah. Working on it. <laughs> right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Sheila, for being on the Save by Mother Earth podcast and for the amazing conversation about my transition to truck living and living my purpose along with having my business within that purpose. I can't wait to see your next steps and how much you dive into your purpose and your new lifestyle. I can't wait to see where that goes. And to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in to this different types of podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating review or comment um, so that you can support the podcast going forward. I'm signing off with love. Take care.